You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. so good this morning. Come on, give it up for our praise team. So good. Um, um, isn't it, there's just something about, I was telling Nathan Bowen last week, there's just, there's something about singing about the blood of Jesus. You know, whoever wrote that song, nothing but the blood or what can wash away my sins. There's a reason why when we sing that, just something just changes in the room. And I love how God's writing, people are writing new songs about the blood. Amen. Uh, it's just something so powerful, just, um, just the faith that gets activated when, you know, um, there's nothing but its blood that can wash away, that can change me from the way I was to the way uh, I am today. Amen? Amen. So, so good to have somebody. So, if you are a first-time guest, would you raise your hand real high? We just want to welcome you. We're not going to embarrass you. Anybody, first-time guest? <laughs> we have one over here. She's like, I don't know, maybe. What are y'all going to do? Ask me to come down front. Uh, just come down and give your social security card, your credit card number. Uh, that's what we do here. It's part of our membership initiation. Um, but anyways, good to have you guys. Also, people online, we forget to welcome our anybody watching online. Good to have you as well. Um, also, real quickly, um, I don't know, Nathan said something clear there. You can grab an envelope and give the amount of money that's on the envelope, or you can give above that as well. We do have a need um, for some showers. We're going to have to get a shower trailer. We have a couple showers on, on the property, but we're going to have to uh, uh, be you know, innovative as well. Um, so that's about $4,500. So maybe you just have a big heart for youth camp. You have a heart for, maybe you got touched at a youth camp, but if you'd like to give to that as well, see me or Pastor Nathan, we'd love to talk to you more about it. Amen? Amen, amen. So, how many of you know uh, giving is all about you and the Lord? So if the Lord just spoke to you and you're like, oh, that's me, I want to help, then just be obedient, all right? We're not here to compel anybody or twist anybody's arm to do anything, amen? So I've just learned that some people care about different things, let me put it like this. This might sound bad, but it just, I don't know. It turns out to be kind of true. Uh, some people have a different pocketbook for certain things. <laughs> I'm just being real. If I take up an offering for the homeless right now, there's a lot of people in the room that be like, you know what? Nope. That's their fault. Then you go to the shelter. There's three meals in town. But all of a sudden, you, you talk about a summer camp, and sometimes people are like, no, my, my grandkids got touched at summer camp. I got touched at summer camp. My kids got saved there. And sometimes it just happens like that. So some of you know who you are. If I talk about human trafficking, some of you people are like, no, that's my, I'm going to sow into that, right? Can you see what I'm saying? I talk about care net. We talk about girls not having abortions and helping these women. Some of you are like, yes, write a check, right? I'm one of those people. Amen? So anyways, um, get into a small group. Look at your neighbor say small group small group. Some of you didn't do it. That's okay. You're the ones that need to get in it. Let's try that again. Get in, look at your neighbor and say small group. <laughs> Sign up. Small groups 
and I know I'm just reiterating, but small groups, and when you start actually joining the church, you start serving in the church, and you get in small groups, serving and small groups is where church actually becomes family. And you're wondering, man, I just don't get connected. I don't feel connected. I don't feel close to anyone. It's because you're not taking any efforts to get connected and get close to anyone. Okay, I know. I'm sorry. I got a message to preach. Um, but let's go. Let's get in family. Let's get connected. We need one another. Amen. Right? Look at your neighbor and say, I need you. Say, I know you do. You got problems. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so one of our core values, somebody say core values. One of the things we value the most in the foyer when you come in to the left is family. Somebody say family. So this is our opportunity to step more into family as a church every time we have these groups, amen? So today, it's gonna get into my message. Do we have the QR code? I forgot this last time, do we? Come on, somebody. This will get you, get you to my notes and get you to probably see half the message that I will preach or not preach today. We'll see what happens. Um, but this will take you to uh, just my notes in the Bible app, you can kind of follow along if you're not a person that likes to write things down. Okay? Um, so we're going to get into talking about family and talking about um, a word. Uh, I don't know how many years ago um, me and Maddie were watching some prophetic conference and even here recently listening to Dutch Sheets. And we heard this topic come up again about how God is restoring the family altars. And what I simply think that means is that God wants you to take him home. <laughs> that he doesn't want just Sunday morning to be a Sunday morning thing, but he wants you to take what you're getting from Sunday and apply it at your house. And he wants our houses to be places of worship, places of Bible reading, places of encounter with him. Amen? Amen. So let's just go ahead and pray before I get into this. Jesus, we love you. Father, I just pray that you would just help me to, to give this word today uh, with love, Lord. The Bible says that truth spoken in love, Lord. So I pray, God, that you would just fill me with love this morning, Lord, that none of this would come off um, condemning, Lord, or pointing a finger today, Father, but Lord, you just fill my heart with love for your people. Humble me today, God, for this message is for me and my household just as much as it is for anyone else. So Father, we just invite your Holy Spirit to come and give us this ability to walk this out this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen. One thing we do at our church sometimes is we put our hands out in front of us like this and we make a declaration. We say, Jesus, I receive anything that's from you. Amen. That's good enough, I think. Um, so, all right. So my goal today, I was um, thinking about this for a couple months now. Uh, my heart is to, over the next few weeks, maybe by the end of March as well, I want to be able to give you guys something in your hands, uh, like a practical handbook or a tool uh, to start to cultivate an altar at your house, all right? And what I mean by an altar uh, is simply that you are establishing a time to be with God in your home with your family and your kids, and then we're getting into that a little more next week and what that can look like practically, but it's not, we don't have to overthink it. And we can also give ourselves grace. when we, we, It's not every single night at 9.15. Oh, I didn't do it tonight. Oh, and we're getting anxious about it. It's not about that. It can be a lot simpler than these things. Some of you are already doing it in smaller ways. You're praying with your kids at the dinner table. You're praying at night with your kids. You're, you're putting worship music on in the car. So we just want to see more of that. And I believe God is wanting to say this. He's wanting to get into your home. 
He wants your home, that time at your house. He wants that living room time. He wants you to turn off the, the TV and he wants you to make time to be with him. And I believe that as we see uh, stuff move from just, uh, I believe that if we can finally get what we're getting from here to there, then we can start to see a real revival and a move of God in our nation because we'll actually be prepared for the harvest to come in. With the harvest, when it comes in, it's, just, it's, it's gonna come in not just to this building, but it's gonna need all of us. And it's gonna need, like I said a few months ago, all hands on deck. But if your home is out of order, you're gonna constantly need to be calling someone else to help disciple people. Instead of saying, no, my house is in order. Man, what is the, and just even asking ourselves right now, what is the atmosphere of my home? And not to, it's not to, and maybe it's not good. That's okay. That's why I'm preaching this, because God wants to shift it. Amen? Maybe it's a fighting. Maybe it's negative. Maybe it's nonsense. Maybe it's just super religious and hellfire and brimstone. Whatever it is, God wants to shift it today. So I believe God is wanting to, um, it's families that he wants to do, the families he wants to get hold of, households that he wants to get hold of. Amen? So I believe that we need to take back our homes for the glory of God. I don't know about you all, but when I was raised, I wasn't allowed to watch certain things. I wasn't allowed to listen to certain things. My mom would find my Nelly CD. <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, Cocoa Puffs. And some of y'all know every lyric to that song and can't quote one Psalms. Come on, somebody. <laughs> don't tell me you can't memorize scripture. Don't tell me you can't memorize the word of God. Some of y'all, don't some of you older people too, y'all know them Elvis songs. Don't get it twisted. Y'all know some of these songs as well. Y'all know the ACDC songs, whatever it was y'all listened to. I don't know. Whatever nonsense it was. I don't even know, honestly. Daniel could help me right now. But I believe God wants us to, to get back to the church, making our homes a place of, of, of the Lord's dwelling, a holy house for him. And my mom, she would take my CDs and I'd find, and I'd be like, mom, I paid for that CD. She's like, I don't care. And I'd be gone. You know what she would say to me? Not in my house. Right? Because his parents, for, let me say, as the owner of the house, you have authority of that house. You might not have authority when they leave that house, but you have authority of that house. Hey, we don't watch that. I couldn't tell you how many times me and my kids, we, we went to watch a movie. I think it was called Something Strange. What was it? I don't know, but it was a, a new uh, kid, not Stranger Things. Y'all know who y'all are too in the witchcraft. But anyways, um, <laughs> it was a kid's movie. <laughs> it was a, supposed to be a kid's movie, which is Man, this makes it worse. But we get into the movie, and I got my kids and my wife, and then one of the, the main characters is, is in an LGBTQ, uh, and it's about him and his little boyfriend. And you know, I looked at Maddie, and I start to catch it. And nope, got my kids. And we walked out of the movie theater, right? It's because we have a standard. And that standard is not a religious standard. That standard is the word of God. Not because we have the right answer and we're just made this up and we're holier than now and we're better than others. No, because God is. I mean, we're his people. And we've got, we, we got to get out of this, this complacency and trying to look like the world. In John, it says that if you are friends with the world, those are enemies of God. 
You know what I mean? That what fellowship does light have with darkness? Well, I got my, my lost friends and I got my saved friends. Where do you find that at in the Bible? And don't tell me Jesus hung out with sinners. He hung out with sinners to draw them to himself. He hung out with sinners. He, he didn't become like the sinner to reach the sinner. I become all things that I may reach all people. Some people have told me that. And they've told me that in context of them getting drunk and drinking with lost people. I become like, Jesus didn't say, I, be, I sin so I can reach them. That's nonsense. Jesus didn't lower himself to a, the in, in, Jesus didn't lower himself. And what happens when you start hanging out with the wrong crowd? You will lower your own convictions to reach them. And let me just go ahead and tell you, you're not reaching anyone. You're actually just teaching them a, a religious, complacent, comfortable Christianity that won't ever keep them. My Lord. But my mom would say, this is my house. We'd go to Star Trek video on Highway 60. Come on, somebody. How many know they probably still got that nasty section? <laughs> but we weren't allowed to rent certain things. <laughs> we weren't allowed to watch certain things. There was times when I would say uh, a cross words to my mom and she would smack me in the mouth. Like this, <clears throat> like a backhand, right in the mouth, right in the lips. <laughs> She's saying, hey, you're, you're not going to talk that way to me, you know? <laughs> Anybody else know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Come on. Uh, I saw something on Facebook, of course. That's where we get our theology from. And it said, like, my parents disciplined me as a child, and because of that, I suffer from being a respectable, responsible adult. <laughs> right? And so I believe the Lord is wanting to call the church, not just this church, but the church, especially in America and the West, at this time that he's saying, like, that I believe we're in a Joshua 24, 14, and 15 moment where Joshua is praying, or Joshua is addressing Israel, and verse 14 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Verse 15, very important. And it is evil, if it is evil in the eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served in the region, let me put it like this, whether the gods of this world and the entertainment system and the nonsense and your kids looking up to all these idols and pop stars and getting your theology from TikTok to your favorite basketball player, well, man, a lot of these people don't stand for the values that the word of God stands for. And our kids are looking to them. But he goes on to say something like this. He says, of the gods of the Amorites, excuse me, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We, we, we need, some, we need some, some fathers, some single moms, some grandparents who will say, when you come to my house, things are different. When you come to my house, we don't deal with that. We don't talk about that nonsense. We're, and we're not talking about being legalistic. We're saying this is a holy place where God dwells. And we're not just going to be perverted to fit in. We can't lower ourselves and our convictions to try to reach lost people. 
We have to be a light shining in the darkness. We have to be consistent. But he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'm not talking about, and I'm going to flip this a little bit. I'm not talking about just making your kids come to church. That's part of it. I had to go to church until I just got big enough to kind of, my mom couldn't force me anymore. But serving the Lord, saying that's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, doesn't just mean we're all going to go to church on Sundays. It means, it means that, what does he say there? This is very important. He says, as for me, as for me, somebody say me. That means it's Joshua first. It's Michael first. It's Maddie first. As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to set the example. I'm going to lead the way for my family. I'm going to be the one who, who walks this out myself. I'm going to be the one who grabs and says, hey, let's get up. We're leaving this thing. I'm going to be the one that turns the TV off because it starts to get too perverted, and I don't want to let anything into my house like that. People are thinking, man, we can, it's all about, you know. I think it's actually this simple. If it offends the Lord, it should offend you. It's a simple thing, and it's not a, you know what I mean? If it's, if it's something that he had flesh, if it's sinful, I, don't, I just don't think we're supposed to be using sinful things as entertainment, as the people of God. I believe, actually, if we get a hold of the true love of Jesus, he'll be the most entertaining thing that we could ever lead and look at. And we get a hold of the real Christ and the real surrender, and we're singing about the blood, that means something to me. When it's changed me from the inside out, I can think about how I used to be. And I can think about how disgusting and perverted and nasty and just terrible and angry and hateful and just a con, how worldly I was and how he didn't want to come in and just say, hey, Mike, you can stay that way. I'll love you, I'll forgive you. Yes, but you can just stay that way, it's all good. Just stay living the way you are, you're forgiven. He actually would say, like he said to the guy, um, he said, go and, and sin no more, right? Don't make a habit of this anymore. Put away these sinful things out of your life. It doesn't mean there isn't grace and there isn't love and mercy for immaturity and growing up in the Lord. It just means he's always gonna be saying, put away sinful things. That's never gonna change. He's never gonna say, it's okay, keep them around. No, he's saying, no, 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 there's grace and there's mercy. Yes, you're forgiven, but put away those things. I've called you out of the darkness and into a light. Otherwise, I believe if, if it doesn't start with the leaders of the house, the parents of the house, we will see our children fall away from the Lord because the, one of the biggest enemies to, 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 that damages our faith and our kids is inconsistency in the leaders of the home. It causes confusion. It, it will either do one or two things, usually. It will make religious kids living in legalism, or it will make rebellious kids. The inconsistency from Sunday to Monday will be the biggest damaging part. People have to see. People don't just, if people at your workplace know that you go to church, but they don't know that, you, they don't know anything else about your life that shows them that you love Jesus. Why would they want to come? And you're probably, that's probably why they don't come. <laughs> or why we don't invite them. 
because all of a sudden, you know, man, this is, this is where it gets tough because the people that work sometimes, they know who you really are. Whoa. And a lot of times people are like, man, Lord, help me. The Lord is wanting to break inconsistent living. <laughs> Where you're someone on Sunday, you're someone at small group, you're someone on the service team, but you're different at work and at home and with your children and everything else. Because this is what damages, this is what damages the future of the church. And for our young people that are here today, this is why it is so important that when you're choosing a spouse, you're choosing a spouse that is equally yoked a spouse that loves God, a, a spouse that has the same faith that you have because otherwise you'll have a divided home. Mom will be trying to get everybody to church and mom will be trying to do this while dad's watching perverted things on TV. You don't want that. <laughs> young people, young ladies, young men, that's not what you want. And some of our women in our, our church who made that decision and stay with their husbands, they can tell you right now that's not what you want. Is spending the next 40 years trying to drag your husband to church with you. Right? Make a good decision before you get married. I love asking young people, they had a girlfriend already, and then I ask them, do they know the Lord? And they're like, I don't know, I think so. I'm like, well, why is that not the first thing you're asking? You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I, mean, I just love her, man. She's amazing. She's a crazy woman dating three months. Does she know Christ? Does he know Jesus? Oh, I don't really know. Uh, I think she goes to church somewhere. Come on. A house divided cannot stand. It, it would be, you're going to make things way harder on yourself and your kids and your future kids marrying someone who doesn't even have the same faith with you or the same zeal for you or the same, excuse me, the same zeal as you for Jesus. Right? So it's got to be more than a Sunday. It starts with the leaders of the home. We got we to gotta, we gotta shorten this gap of this inconsistencies in the church at your workplace where you're, you know what I mean? And it's okay if you're in that place. Maybe you're like, you know what? There is no reason for anybody in my work to think I have a relationship with Jesus, but that's gonna shift today. That's gonna change today. You know why? Because I have a greater purpose in this. I'm gonna stand. We need a church and a people who are gonna stand on the word of God, who are gonna stand for faith, who are gonna stand for their families and say literally over my dead body, <laughs> My house will be a place of the Lord. My kids won't know anything different, but guess what? They're gonna see the consistencies and they're gonna see some of the inconsistencies. That's just part of it. But they're also gonna see the growth. They're also gonna see the apologies. The biggest thing you can do to damage that is acting like you, you didn't do it. <laughs> if you wanna continue to make the situation worse at home, act like you've, you've done it all right. He gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. Don't let the enemy come in with condemnation, guilt, and shame and just say, you're so terrible, look what you've done. No, 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 Jesus is saying, hey, you're forgiven. You're forgiven of everything. And from this place, just go and make things right. Take the next steps. Turn off the nonsense. Turn off the nasty music. We don't listen to that stuff. We just don't. Why? Because I don't use sinful things as entertainment anymore. 
I just don't. I think Paul would say, put away these things. I'm not trying to walk the line. Christians who walk the line of the world and the church are the reason why the world doesn't want to come to church. Because it doesn't look any different. They have to see something different. And this is what I want you to get this morning. You were called to be something different that the world could see. That the world would see you and they would see your God. And they would be drawn to him. Amen? So, I believe one of the first things, um, yeah, so the first thing you got to do is just take a stand and say, this, this house is going to be a house of hope. This house is going to be a house of the Lord. This house is going to be a house of peace. This house is going to be a house of freedom. This house is going to be a house of worship. This place, we're changing things. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, we're changing things today. So one of the first things, and one of, not really so the first, but one thing that's really good you can do is to lay a foundation for your families and your kids uh, for their purpose. And, and what I mean by that is trying to teach your kids at a young age or your grandkids the question of why, or why are we here? Why are we here? It's a good question, right? How many young people are looking for the answer to that question? How many young adults in our world right now are looking, what is my purpose? That's what everybody wants to ask. What's my purpose? I'm trying to find who I am. And actually the Bible, we have the answer. And we need to, this is something we need to charge our kids to know. Something I've um, um, been trying to teach Carter is before he leaves my house, I want him to know who he is and why he's here. He's not just uh, my son in Owensboro and he's created to go to college and have a job and, and then have a retirement and make this, you know, just live a life. No, he's here. He is a child of God. He's a part of something bigger than himself. And we see this with Abram. When God calls Abram in Genesis 12, 1 and 2, he says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. Why? So that you will be a blessing to the earth. Why are we here? To bless the earth. How? Because of the blessing we've received from God is so great and so vast. Now he's calling us to bless everyone around us. That people would see it, the blessing on Abraham's family. When God chose the, when God chose the vehicle, if you will, to bless the earth, he chose a family. He chose a dad and a mom and kids and grandkids and cousins. He said, this is what I'm going to use. I'm going to use this family right here. And I'm going to pour out my love and my blessing and my favor on them. And people are going to, they're not going to be able to help but wonder, what is going on with Abraham? Who is this God? His God answers. His God provides. His God brings favor and blessing on them. His God protects them. When things are going wrong in your life and you're not falling apart and you have faith and you still have hope, your friends will notice. And he's saying, listen, my, I want my kids to understand we are here to make this world better. We are here to be a blessing to this earth, right? So, um, something really cool about the Jewish people. How many of you know in Tel Aviv, which is in Israel, some of the most technologically advanced patents and systems in the world come out of Israel? That almost a third of all, I don't know how to say this right, Pulitzer Prizes, something like that. 
all those fancy awards, almost a third of them have gone to Jewish people. And almost at times a fourth, excuse me, a 40% at times of all the patents in the world have gone to Jews. I wonder why that is. It's actually part of uh, something, there's a European article you can look up about how they even call Israel, at times they say it's the, the startup nation of the world. Why is that? I wonder if it's because the Jews know who they are. It's because they know we're God's people. They're like, no, we're, we're literally descendants of Abraham. And can I tell you, they might be blood relatives to Abraham, but the Bible says that we are all spiritual descendants of Abraham. So this promise, this, this mandate is for us. It's for all of us, for all time. And he says, man, what if we get, what if they just so happen? Now, granted, they haven't believed in the Messiah, so they're still missing it, but they've gotten some things right. We're here to be a blessing to the earth. We are God's people and we are gonna make things better. We're here to lead the way in innovation. We're here to lead the way in medical innovation. We're here to lead the way. God's not just looking for people to come into the church and everybody just to become small group leaders. He has gifted every single one of you in different ways to lead the way in whatever sphere of influence that God has given you. But you have to understand that why you were created is for this purpose. That my kids, you were created to bless the earth, to make things better, to lead the way in everything. Why? Because we're God's people. He called us to subdue the earth and be a blessing to the earth. That's what I want my kids to know, man. We're here to change things. Oh, there's a problem. Oh, there's, there's problems in our city. Who are we? We're God's people. We are the solutions to the problems. To the... <laughs> Care net is people looking at a broken world and saying, hey, we're the solution to the problem. Yes. Come on. You know what I mean? Friends of sinners is people looking at what the enemy's doing for addiction in our city and saying, hey, we're the solution to the problems. Come on, we need the same things in the medical field, in our justice system, in our judges, in lawyers, and everything else. We need to say, hey, if the, if the, the problem is broken, if the system is broken, we're the ones to fix it. And stop giving away everything to the world. And making everything secular. If you're there, it's not secular. We need godly principles. Godly teachers now more than ever. And you might not be able to talk about Jesus openly, but you sure can show him through your life. You can be a light in that school. You can be a light in that classroom and nothing can put that out, nothing. You can be a light in that hospital, in, in that NICU room, Ashley. You can be a light in that place. Come on, is this making sense? We gotta lay a foundation and say, hey, kids, we gotta instill in them. And that's as simple as just speaking to them and telling them, hey guys, you're here for a greater purpose than this. You're here for more than this. Hey, no matter what you do with your life after college, you're gonna bless the earth. God's called you to be a blessing to others. No matter what it is. Oh, you wanna be a counselor? That's amazing. You're gonna go into the counseling system and you're gonna use it for God's glory. You're gonna make our cities a better place because that's what you were born to do. Another thing that our kids need to know that we need to instill in our families is the Great Commission. Somebody say Great Commission. If we don't know where that is in the Bible, that's a big problem. <laughs> Matthew 28, 18 through 20. 
It says that, and Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. There was something so special this morning about how many kids. Did you notice it was the kids being baptized usually by a parent? It was children today. Man, I thought, Lord, you're so good. Mom baptizing the daughter, son baptizing, dad baptizing his son. I thought, man, this is it. That's, you know that's why we do that? Because we, we, we know, it. hey, dad, you're the disciple maker. Hey, parent, you're the disciple maker, not us. This is on, this is, we're here to help you. We're here to assist you. We're here, as Ephesians says, to equip you for you to do your job in the home. Amen? You cannot, you cannot push it on Pastor Nathan or Pastor Daryl to disciple your kids and for them to have a better plan for your kid than you have. We got to take up the mantle and say, no, I'm going to have a plan. They're going to they're gonna be able to discern what they're hearing at church because they've heard it from me first. Amen. That's why you need to go to the How to Read Your Bible workshop this Tuesday. If, if you're like, I don't really know much about the Bible, I struggle reading the Bible, here is your opportunity to humble yourself. Get in that class and let God use you. Come on, don't sit back any longer and act like you already know the Bible so much because you're embarrassed maybe to say that you don't. It's not about that. We're not embarrassed. No, there's no shame here from any of our staff. When you show up, you're 78 years old, you've been in church your whole life, and you say, I still need to learn how to read the Bible. Thank God. Yeah. I talked about this recently, but one of my favorite... Um, I heard this, when they started, finally got the, the Bible in English, there was elderly people who did not know how to read, who were learning to read in their 80s just so they could read the word of God. Let that be the hunger on anyone in this room that says, you know, I don't really know it well. I don't know how to um, decipher the Bible, but man, I'm coming Tuesday night. This starts today, amen? Amen. So your first discipleship assignment as a leader of your home is your children and your family. It's not leading a small group. You should never be looking towards leading a small group if you're not leading your house. That is not the order of what God is trying to do things. Listen, it's not about how we can pray for people at the altars and how spiritual we are at small groups. We gotta be that way at home. And it's this simple. Lay hands on your kids. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray tonight. We're gonna pray right now. Let them see. One of my favorite things, it's, it's, kids learn by what's caught, what they see you doing. One of my favorite things, if Elena, she's a little more sweet, or there's like somebody's hurt. <laughs> if somebody's hurt, she'll be like, oh. And she, yesterday I said, my leg hurts. She said, God's gonna heal it. And I'm like, she's three. She hasn't been taught not to have faith yet. <laughs> but they do what's, what you're doing. They'll, you ever see some of the memes that are like, I talk to the young people, I bring this up a lot, but you ever see some of the memes that are like looking at my daughter and seeing why she's got so much attitude and so rude and realize that she's just like me. <laughs> Lord help us. <laughs> and here's the reality. 
We all could be that person. We're like, dang it, my kids, some of my, some of my bad qualities, it seems like my kid got them heightened. <laughs> and, and that's why it's important to clean up and start to be consistent and stop trying to be cool with your kids. I, my son, I was saying something stupid to him the other day and in a dead serious, <laughs> a dead serious way, he looked at me and was like that. He's like, I think I'm rubbing off on you a little too much. <laughs> and I was like, you're probably right. It's all your fault. I hate you. Just kidding. <laughs> He's not here. Hmm. So your first job is your home, your family, your kids. And listen, if you're older and you're still married, your marriage, God wants to work on you and your spouse more than he wants you to be a leader at the church. Don't be strong. You know, for too long, I'm telling you, we try to do the easier thing. The easier thing is to just try to do something at the church, just try to serve the church. That's way easier than try to put forth the effort at home. And then all of a sudden we're like, wow, we're the best person at the church, but our home, we're like, we put in zero effort because it's too hard or it's too sticky or it's gonna take too long, it's gonna take too much work. But how many of you know, this is what Jesus does. He cleans people up. I just pray God will release just fresh faith right now for spouses, for marriages, for homes, right now in this room. Say, you know, I'm tired of working on it. I don't even wanna put forth effort. Come on, let that shift today. God can still work in the lives of people, amen? Amen. So, so teach your kids why we're here, to bless the earth, teach them the great commission. We're here to make disciples. It's not about us just being alive and getting saved and working our jobs and getting money and buying cars. We're here to, do, we're here to bless the earth. Amen? So one last thing. I'll take you to Isaiah 61 through 3. By the way, I don't know if we announced this. Did we announce Dan coming? Yeah, Pastor Dan Reynolds will be with us next week on Sunday morning. Pretty excited from live streams, ministries, uh, just mentors uh, of mine, and just uh, part of the organization that we join, the relational network of churches that we join. He'll be here next week. You don't want to miss it. Um, Isaiah 60, 1204. Come on, somebody. I believe the Lord is wanting to use this verse. I was reading this book. Um, just want to go ahead and say a few of the things I've said have come out of the, the book, Fire on the Family Altar. It's just really been wrecking me lately. When I saw this scripture in the book, I really felt like that the Lord wants to breathe on this this morning. Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. How many of you know the word of God is living and active? Right? And I believe God wants to speak this. If we could get that up on the screens, Isaiah 61 through 3 in the ESV, if you can. If you have your Bible, if you have it on the app. I'm going to wait just a moment here. I want you guys to be able to see it. Do, 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 do. We okay up there? Maybe. Boom. One, that'll work. One through three. No, Isaiah 60, not 61. All right, I'm going to read it. <laughs> it's okay, grace. Boom. So look at this. Arise. Look at your neighbor and say, arise. Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This is what God is calling us to this morning. 
He's saying, hey, you might not be where you need to be. Maybe you've made a bunch of mistakes, whatever. But right now, it's time to arise and shine. It's time to arise and shine. I love to go a little further with this. For the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. Amen. And this is my, one of my favorite parts. And nations shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Hallelujah. Come on. How many say I receive that? <laughs> arise and shine. It's time for the church to arise and shine, to be consistent from here to there. Why? So the world can see the God that we serve. Nations will come to this light. The loss will come to your light, amen? Lost them way before they'll ever, the reason why they'll come here with you on Sunday is because they've seen your light outside of here. Otherwise, it can be really, really awkward to try to get them here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're like, what? <laughs> you go to church? <laughs> oh, Lord. Arise and shine and give God the glory. Anybody, that makes sense to anybody? My mom used to wake me up, fourth grade, fifth grade. Arise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Y'all know that song, grandmas. <laughs> I remember back then thinking, shut up. I hate this song. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but I remember when I got born again in jail in North Carolina in the morning, guess what song my cellmate heard? Arise and shine and give God the glory, glory, rise and shine. <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh, come on. He's so good. <laughs> Arise and shine, church, and give God the glory. His glory is resting upon you, Right? Come on, Second, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. Oh, excuse me. No, verse 1. Arise and shine and give God the glory. Verse 2. God's going to make a distinction between the lost and his people. He's, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make a clear distinction between the lost and you. A clear distinction where people don't wonder anymore if you're actually a Christian. They know because they see the light on you. They see the light that you carry. Amen. This is why freedom is so important too, because if you're carrying bitterness and all this stuff and unforgiveness and stuff, you, you're, that light will be dim as can be because you're, you're mad at people still. You gotta walk in forgiveness. You gotta walk in grace and truth. You gotta walk in these things. First Peter 2, 9 through 10, it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Let this be a scripture over your kids. I think me and Matt, we might just put this on our walls. We're gonna have to paint it or something. We ain't got a lot of room on the walls either, but it's going on there. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. How many of you know that he wasn't just interested in taking your sin away? He wanted a people for his own possession. Man. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, you weren't here, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have. He's saying, I want a people for my own possession. Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of what you've received. 
That's what he says. He said, I didn't come just to save you from sin. I came to get a people from my own possession. I came to have a remnant. I came to get a, a pattern. I came not to get a pattern of people so the world would see my hand on them. Why? So they'd come to me. This is who we are. You are a royal priesthood, a chosen people, a holy nation. This is your purpose. This is your calling on this earth. This is who you were created to be. It's not just go to church and stop smoking and stop cussing. Some of you are thinking, see, I told y'all I can still do that. That's not what I said. I love one of my, my, I heard this pastor say that he had a, a guy come to his church and he said, man, he said, man, I, I got to give up smoking and drinking, and having sex and doing drugs. He said, listen, if you truly surrender your life to Jesus, you can, you can smoke and drink and have sex all you want. And he was like, what? He said, yeah, if you truly surrender your life to him, you can do it all you want. He said, what? He said, because if you truly surrender your life to him, you're not going to want to anymore. If you're still holding on to the reins of your life, you're going to be confused of why you're still wanting to sin. You've got to give him lordship over your life. You've got to say, God, you didn't just want my sin. You wanted me for your possession, to use me for your glory. Amen? Amen. So, verse 3, nations will come to your light. I love this so much. Matthew 5, 14 and 16, here's another thing that you are. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the call of the church. We're not called to be hidden lights, undercover Christians. There's no such thing. He says, you are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Why? So everyone could see the light and be drawn to the Lord. Amen? Come on, can we stand? Somebody say, I'm the light. Say, my house is the light. My family is the light. Come on, say it out loud. My marriage is the light that draws people to Jesus. I just want to share this to you. Your family, your marriage, is not an insignificant part of this story. You know, I believe that's why Jesus came the way he came. I believe that's why Jesus, you could chase his bloodline all the way back to a prostitute. Why he came humbly they would say, you know, what good has come out of Nazareth? Don't think for a second that Owensboro is insignificant, that McLean County is insignificant, that Ohio County and Hancock County and Henderson County is insignificant because you're there. Jesus is there. Oh, my family, none of them knew Christ and they're all broken and they're all addicts, but God is doing something different with you. And you have the opportunity to start something new. You have the opportunity to start a new thing for your kids. You have the opportunity to say, you know what? I'm going to marry the right person that loves Jesus. I'm going to stay in this marriage. My parents have been divorced. My grandparents got divorced, but not us. It's going to shift now. It's going to change now. I'm going to start being the husband God's called me to be. I'm going to start being the wife God's called me to be, the mom, the dad, the friend, the brother, the son, the uncle, whatever it is. I'm going to start being what God has called me to be. 
He's called me to be his son, his daughter, a co-heir with Jesus. He's called me to bless the earth. He's called me to live holy. And he says that he'll draw the nations in because of the light that I'll be. That's a promise. If we all start to be this light that the Bible's talking about, then you'll see the church grow. Our numbers here fluctuate. If you can't tell. We'll go like 70 people less one Sunday. We have no idea what's going to happen, to be honest with you. But I know this. If we can get a hold of the people that are here truly, start to become the light, you'll start to reach people in your own sphere of influence everywhere that you go. And some of them might not get plugged into this church. Some of these people get saved and they're like, well, I started going to my family's church. Awesome. Great. I want you into the kingdom, not just our church. But if you don't have a church, I know a really good one. Come on, somebody. At 3031 Biddle Road. If you're looking, you found it. Hmm. Prayer team, could you come? I just wonder if we could kind of activate this message really quickly before we get into our prayer time. If anybody would say, hey, listen, today I'm going to make a stand. And if that's you, I just want you to lift your hands real high. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my marriage, I'm going to be the light God's calling me to be. If anybody would just lift their hand and say, I'm going to be this light. I'm a chosen person. I'm a holy person. I'm going to be used by God. I'm going to be a city set on a hill. If that's you to say, listen, I'm not just coming to church anymore, but I'm going to start taking Jesus home with me throughout the week, and I'm going to start to burn for him everywhere I go. Would you lift your hand? If you don't want to, that's fine. That's cool. This is for the people who want to. Let me just pray. Father, I just thank you (laughs) that you're sending us. Lord, I just feel, you know, before you want to send any of us to uh, our our workplace or whatever, God, you're sending us back to our homes, to this car right after we leave, to the conversations at the dinner table, to learn to love like you love, to lead like you want us to lead. With humility, honor that we would lead the way in our friend groups and whatever and say God I'm I'm, going to lead the way I'm going to be the one who serves you with all of my heart not because I'm better than other people God because I know you're calling me to this God I thank you for separating people in this room from the lost from their, let me say it like this, separating people from the friend groups and the things, God, that are actually drawing them down. Today it shifts in Jesus' name. I pray for new friendships and new family ties that when you go to small groups, you're gonna get a hold of some other men and women and people who love God and you're gonna have some new friends this this semester. (laughs) Jesus, have your way in our homes. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our marriages, in our workplace, in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. A simple, practical thing you can do when you get home today 
grab you some oil, not car oil. Some vegetable oil. Olive oil would be more biblical. <laughs> get you some oil. Some, go buy you some before you get home. Grab your family, grab your, whoever lives in your house. If it's just you, and even if you live in somebody else's house, anoint that post of the door and say, this little place I have right here, this is a holy place. Grab your kids, put them in the living room, anoint every section of the Lord, make it fun. Come on, we need to get back to dedicating our homes to the Lord. Get the oil out and say, God, this place is yours. Go over your kid's bedroom, have them anointed. This place is yours. This is where mercy dwells. This is where forgiveness is. This is where grace is given. This is where we love like you, Jesus. Do that today. How many of you could say, honestly, I'm going to do that today? Come on. More than six of you. My God. <laughs> Dedicate that place to him. Amen. Dedicate your car to him. Take something to work with you. Don't let nobody know. <laughs> Come on. Put it on your boss's desk. <laughs> Lord, touch him right now. <laughs> A raise right now. I see it, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, real quickly before we go, not real quickly, but hey, listen, if you're here today, and I really felt, when we were singing about the blood of Jesus, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you still need to have your sin washed away, to be forgiven, to be redeemed, if you still need salvation, you're like, man, I need to get saved. I need to be born again. I want to become part of the family of God. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now where you are. I, don't, I just want to keep a moment for that. Anybody at all, I just want to make a moment. I need to give my life to Jesus today. I don't want to miss this opportunity. I'll wait just a moment. If that's you, it says, man, I need to give my life to Jesus. Anyone at all, would you just lift your hand right where you are? There's nothing to be embarrassed of in this house. Anybody? Go once. I see a hand back there. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, young lady. Thank you for your boldness. This is what it's about, right? This is how it goes. Listen, if we're ashamed of, if we're ashamed of God in this place, how in the world are you going to live outside of here? Anybody else, I need to give my life to Jesus. All right. For that one young lady, whoever you're with, before you leave, would you please come down? We want to pray with you at the altars. If you want to, you can come now. If you're a little too embarrassed, that's completely fine. But before you leave, we'd love to pray with you to give your life to Jesus. Also, a few things for prayer. Um, let's see here. Uh, people that are just, uh, this is from our prayer team. So they, they write down some things before service, so they, some things we feel like God could be doing in the room. So if these apply to you, please come down for prayer. One of them is they, you just uh, have, you experience the fear of failure all the time. You're just so scared to try anything. So you're scared you'll fail at everything you do. If that's you, would you come? We'd like to pray with you. Um, if you experience panic attacks on a regular basis, that is just not God's plan for your life. If that's you, come down for prayer. You can come now. Um, if you just need salvation, once again, to be redeemed, that you're not condemned, uh, would you come down? Uh, also on here, right big toe. Some of y'all might think that's funny, but maybe you hurt your <laughs> That's you. Come down. We'd love to pray for you. Um, also, maybe you're just cynical, disappointed, disillusioned with God and Christianity, and you're just skeptical about everything, but you know God is calling you to him today. Would you come? We'd love to pray with you. 
sinus issues, a sinus infection even. Maybe it's just something that you've had a problem with that doesn't seem to go away. We'd love to pray with you as well. Amen? Amen, amen. Look at your neighbor for me. Say, neighbor, say, is any of that you? Say, do you need prayer? Say, I'll go with you. Amen. Amen. So Jesus, I just thank you for your love today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace to walk this out. I bless these families, bless these households, bless their jobs. Have your way. Holy Spirit, empower them to walk this out in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Can we put our hands together for Jesus one last time? 